So anyway, I'm the pastor here, and um, it's always funny when I say that because I know someone's thinking, no, really, where's the pastor? I had lunch with someone. I'll never forget. This is, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but it's funny to me. I had lunch with somebody. It was about two years ago. We were talking about a mission deal, like some missions meeting or something. I don't remember what it was about. And we were at Los Toritos, which, by the way, is a fine place to eat. I I like their, uh, it doesn't matter, the street tacos. But... So I was having lunch with this, with this gentleman and, and the lady who was with him. We had lunch for like an hour and a half. We talked about all these things and missions, and we were going to partner. At the end of the lunch, I kid you not, he said, okay, now, how do we set up a meeting with your real pastor? And I was like, well, <laughs> this is it. So, so I introduced him to Chris. But... Uh, all right, so, so we're, we're, we're kind of... I keep saying this... Like today is sort of my last part on the experience, or my last part on the Experiencing God series, right? So today is kind of my last part, but next week we're going to do something that we've never done before. Uh, next week we're going to celebrate the fact that we finished a study together. And I think this is worthy of celebration. So my hope is that you will come in here next week ready to party, just energize. It's going to be cool. It's going to be different. Um, I hope I'm not overselling it, but trust me, it's going to be really cool. So uh, I'm going to finish my part on the series this week, and then we'll do something different next week, and it'll be fun. You're going to want to be here for it and invite your friends. So, all right, so we have spent the last, I don't know, like 12, 13 weeks, right, learning to experience God together. And we've used the book, Blackaby's book, and, and if you're here for the first day, we just went through a study for 13 weeks together as a church on this book, Experiencing God. So we used the book, uh, we used the Bible uh, to talk about God. We used um, my stories, your stories. We used small groups. We used all these different means to help us experience God. And so as we were going through this, and, and I was thinking about how do I want to finish today, I realized I had done something. We live in a world where no one must be left out. That's why we have upward sports, where everybody gets a trophy, right? And so, so I want to make sure that I'm not leaving anyone out. So today what I want to do is, because is, I know there's probably someone here and maybe someone online, and you've been coming here for a while, and you don't want to experience God. Like you're here every week, and you're like, I don't want it. And every week I stand up here and tell you how to experience God. So today what I'm going to do, I thought this would be a neat way to close, I'm going to tell you how not to experience God. And this will be an interesting message for a church. And some of you are going to want to take notes. Because I've just, you know, I want to make sure no one's left out. So I'm going to tell you how not to experience God today. And th- there's a reason for this, and it's not because I'm crazy. It's because I believe, and what I've experienced in my life is sometimes I have to step out of the, of the of the goodness and the protection of God before I realized how good the protection of God really was. I had to step away before I realized how good it was, right? And I, I remember, man, I can't believe I'm going to tell this story. I didn't know. There, they, I, some of y'all I don't even know, but yeah, okay. So here we go. So I used to get in trouble a lot, right? Um, like more often than I care to admit. It was as if I was trying to get incarcerated. And so I would do things, and it normally involved alcohol and super stupid decisions, and I would do things in high school and even early in college, and I would never get the full weight of my choices because someone would always bail me out. 
Like someone would always be there and I was, I'd done something dumb and someone, I, I never got to fully experience the consequences I should have experienced for my choices because friends or family or somebody always helped me dodge what I should have received. And, you know, in, in their heart, you know, you, you think you're doing the right thing, but looking back, I don't believe that's really what was best for me. Because at one point, I had moved to Memphis. And I was in Memphis, and I got in some trouble, and I had to go. It was, it was trouble with alcohol and just being dumb. And so I got in trouble, and I had to go to jail in Memphis, and there was no one there to bail me out. And I had to go for three days. And for some of you, I know you're like, three days, that's nothing. Well, for me, it was a long time, okay? It was a long time for me. I'm telling you, day two, I was trying to Shawshank my way out of that <laughs> pencil on the wall. It was a long time for me. All right, so I'm, I'm in Memphis, and no one could bail me out. I was away from my protection. I was away from my family. I was away from my friends, and I was in an area where no one could bail me out. And looking back, that was probably one of the greatest transitional points in my life because I finally had to experience the consequences that I deserved. I'd been searching for those consequences, and finally I got them. And in that moment, I was changed. I think for some people, they say, I don't really want to experience God. In the church, we beg them, oh, no, stay, stay. We beg them, so here's another, blah, blah, blah. And so we beg people to keep coming back. When, when for some of us, the best thing to do might be to wander out in the desert. Because it may be in the desert when you realize how good the water really was. It may be away from the protection of God when you realize how good God really is. So if you don't want to experience God, I'm going to give you the steps. Not because I don't love you, but because I do. And because I know for me, the desert was the place where I realized how good this place really was. And so I, I don't want anyone to, I really don't, I don't want anyone to experience. My brother Jeff has an incredible testimony of never stepping away from God. Man, and, and I wish that was every story of everybody. I wish it was my story, but it's not. And so, and the other thing I want us to see today is some of us are, are doing things that are sabotaging our relationship with God without even realizing it. So, so just get your pens ready, your notebooks, your iPads, however you take notes. Today, how not to experience God, to finish the Experiencing God series. This makes total sense when I wrote it. All right, so we're going to use a story, by the way, of David and Bathsheba. And if you've never heard this story, it's a good one. I'm so glad because I'm going to tell it to you for the first time. If you have heard it before, just act like you hadn't. But let's just pick up the first step to making sure you don't experience God. 2 Samuel 11.1. 1. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David, who was a king, sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. Okay, guys, this is, this is step one. You got to get this one if you want to not experience God. The first in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, where was David? At home. He's just chilling on the couch. Spring, the kings are supposed to go off to war. That's what you're supposed to do. That is the calling of the king. And David sat on the sideline. And in this, we see our great first step to making sure you don't experience God. Stay on the sidelines. Do not get involved in the battle. If you, if you, if you get involved in the battle, you might end up experiencing God. And sometimes God is kind of like God is going to call you into something. And you're going to think, oh, he's just calling me to, to church, or he's just calling me to talk to that person, or he's just calling me to be more generous. It's a trap. 
He's calling you to experience him. So if you want to not experience God, never, ever, 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 ever get off the sidelines. Uh, one, a great thing to do is come here and sit for an hour, and then it kind of looks like you're in the battle, but don't do anything else. Because then, then at least you can kind of convince yourself, well, I'm kind of in battle. No, you're not. But if you stay on the sidelines, if you stay on the sidelines, you will never fully experience God. And when God calls you, don't be a jerk to him. He's God. I mean, don't, don't give like some little snide answer. Say something that seems noble because God is really easy to trick. Just <laughs> say something that'll distract him for a minute. Like God's like, you know, Tommy, I want you to go over there and talk to those people. And I'm like, look over there, God. And then I run off. Or, or you can say something like, you know, like, oh God, I would love to do what you're calling me to do. Watch this. This is a good one. y'all. But I've got to spend that weekend with my family. You see what I did? I used something good and noble to talk God out of what he was calling me to do. God, I would love to do that, but it's baseball season. Oh, come on. God, I would love to do that, but we go to the lake on that weekend. God, I, I would love to do that, but I've already got all my money tied up in investments for my family and retirement. And God's like, I am sorry for asking you. <laughs> I had no idea you had other plans. But see, so if, if, we, if we just kind of shift in the other direction, then we can sneak out real quick. But whatever you do, do not engage in the battle when God calls you in. And don't engage here. Do not get fully engaged here. Seriously, what we talk about, all, just, just don't do it. Because this is a trap. It's a trap to get you to experience God more. So I'm telling you, I'll never say it again, but this is all a trap. This whole thing's a trap to get you to love Jesus and experience God more. So just be marginally engaged here and complain every week when you leave here. All right? All right, great. That's step one. This is, this is the most fun I've ever had preaching. Let's go to step two. Step, this is a good one. Step two. Verse two. One evening, David got up from his bed. He's laying in bed. Everyone else is out fighting. He's laying in bed. And he walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. And the man came back and said, uh, That's Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. All right, this, this is good. You've got to get this one right if you want to not experience God. David sends a friend and says, Hey, man, I saw this girl bathing, you know. Check her out for me, man. See, see what's going on. And so the friend comes back and goes, E. And this is what you don't want to do. You don't want to tell the king the truth. But the friend comes back and says, Oh, David, that's Bathsheba. That's the daughter of Iliam. And Iliam was like one of the head guards. And so you would not have wanted to mess with his daughter. So this is David's friend warning him. This is a friend speaking the truth. Hey, David, that, that's the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Like, don't do this. And so what's happening is David is getting wise counsel from a friend who's speaking the truth. What's step two? Never listen to wise counsel. <laughs> Ever. You see how this is about to ruin David's plan to not experience God? <sighs> Never listen. Do not have anyone in your life who loves Jesus more than they love you. Because those people will kill your fun in a heartbeat. <laughs> don't do it. You can't listen to them. You can't listen to wise counsel. Never be known by anybody. 
Just go through life because, and like, I like to convince myself of this. If they knew the truth about me, they wouldn't really love me. That's one of the excuses I use to not really be known. Or sometimes I say, you know, well, well, I would love to tell them about my sin, but you know what? I'm, they're a sinner too, so who are they to talk to me? Like, don't talk to me about my hate problem because I saw you going 42 and a 35. And this is the kind of stuff we do. Or if someone, if someone who loves you comes and tries to correct you, take some piece of scripture and pervert it and then use it against them. Like you come and talk to me and I say, well, God said I can do all things in moderation. That's kind of in the Bible. Or, well, God told me to, to do, do unto others as others have done unto me. <laughs> what? Just take something that sounds scriptural. I mean, like Jairul 3.13 and just quote it and say it out there. And they won't know. They won't know. You don't care what they think anyway because you're not listening to wise counsel. So it doesn't matter. You see what I'm saying? Just do not listen to anyone who tries to warn you that you're about to make a really, really, really bad choice. Wise counsel will kill your fun. So no spiritual advisors. <laughs> Number three. This is where it gets tricky. Then David sent messengers to get her. This is verse 4. She came to him and slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanliness. Then she went back home. Okay, I, I'm not going to explain this whole verse to y'all. Like, I'm just not. Uh, you can go read, Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret, from Judy Bloom. That'll solve most of these questions. But just, all right. So the point of this one is, He's been sitting on the sidelines, okay? He's refused to listen to wise counsel. And now he went and he slept with Bathsheba. So what did David do? Exactly what David wanted to do. Step three, and this one is so critical that you get this. If you want to not experience God, make sure you always do exactly what you want to do. Make it all about you. And the beauty of this one is, if you make it all about you long enough, you can actually begin to believe that God is telling you to make it all about you because a God is telling you and you're the God. You've actually become your God. And so you've convinced yourself. It's genius. See, it's win-win. Do exactly what you want to do. No matter what your wise counsel says, no matter what the battle you're being called into is, do what you want to do. If God's calling you to get healthy and your friends are saying you need to get healthy, you want a Twinkie, it's a Twinkie. Don't, don't listen to your friends. God's calling you to, to give and you don't, you don't want to give. You want to spend money on Frisbees, buy a Frisbee. Do what you want to do. It's your money. You know, you, you want to go to that place when your friends have said, stop going to that place. And you know, God, just go to that place. You're grown. Go where you want, right? This is a surefire way to guarantee that you never, ever, 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 ever experience God. Just make it about you. Is anyone writing this down? <laughs> I'm so confused right now. No one. If you want it, it's good. The Bible says, you know, the Experiencing God book says God is always at work around you. That's true. That's true. And the Bible says, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open. Just stop seeking. Stop knocking. Just do whatever you want to do and you'll be fine. If you want to never experience God and have no peace. Next one. This is a good one, too. <laughs> the woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I am pregnant. Well, who would have seen that coming? Hey, what a shocker. She got pregnant. So David sees a woman 
He's clearly not concerned about her or her family or anything like that, right? And he goes down and he does exactly what he wants to do against his wise counsel, knowing he's supposed to be out in a war, and a woman gets pregnant. And, and so, so th this is genius. If you want to not experience God, make sure of this one, that you never think about what the consequences of your actions might be before you do them. Just do whatever you want. And I mastered this one for like 30 years. Genius. I can, do, I can make the same mistake 972 times. Stick my hand under weed eater, stick the other hand under the weed eater. Be like, ah. Never consider the consequences. But it, the problem is, and this one's hard, guys. This one's hard because there's something in us that when we're about to do something that we know is going to damage our relationship with God, there's something in us that goes, don't do that. That's the Holy Spirit, right? But if you ignore him long enough, he will eventually get really quiet. And so you just got to keep ignoring him. Just, just push it down, push it, whatever, whatever you got, just push it down. Whatever emotion, push it down. That'll never be a problem. But just ignore him long enough and he will eventually stop talking to you. And so you cannot think about the concept. As a matter of fact, get on your phone a lot. Anytime God starts to do something in your mind, just get on your phone and, you know, say something horrible about somebody else and don't worry about the consequences of that because it's your world and you can do whatever you want. Are you with me? Just no consequences. And certainly, certainly don't think about eternity. Never, ever think about the day you will stand face to face with Jesus the Christ and have to give account for every single thing you did in this world. Never calculate that moment. Because if you start to calculate that moment, you can get kind of freaked out and you can start changing your mind about some things. Make sure you never, ever, ever think about the day that you will be face to face with Jesus and give an account for everything you've done. Don't think about it. Because it will ruin your fun. This is how we don't experience God. So you, 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 you ignore your wise counsel. You stay on the sidelines. You do whatever you want to do. And you give no thought whatsoever to the consequences. This is the most important one now. This is number five. This is the most important thing I can tell you today. If you want to make sure you never experience God. And this one is from my heart. So every one of those things I just mentioned, I've done. Right? Every one of them. Y'all know, I know every one of them. I've been selfish. I've not listened to people. I've run. And when you find yourself in that position, in that valley, which is where you will find yourself. You will find yourself in a valley. You're in the desert. It's called the desert. You will find yourself in a desert. When you hadn't listened to people who love Jesus, and, and you hadn't gotten in the battle, and you've been completely selfish, and, and, and you've done things that, that without thinking anything about the consequences, when you find yourself in that desert, keep running. Because if you turn to Jesus right then, you will experience a grace and a peace and a forgiveness and a love and a mercy that will absolutely blow your mind. It will be mind-blowingly beautiful what you will experience in that moment if you turn back to it. Do not turn back in that moment. Because if you turn back, he will woo your heart into surrender and you will be forever changed. Keep running. Force, run, run, force. Keep running. How many, let me ask you, just a moment of honesty, how many of y'all know I'm telling the truth on number five? If you turn back to him in that moment, he'll win you forever, won't he? So you just keep running. Or, or, do the opposite of everything I just told you today. And guys, I, 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 I do messages like this because, and I have an agenda here. I'm trying to use some sort of comedy to make something stick that might, might forever change your life because 
I know not everybody wants this now. And I get that. I get it. I didn't want it for a long time. But you must know the things you are doing are sabotaging your relationship with God. And you must know that when you find yourself in that desert, when you find yourself in that desert, I want you to remember that some squirrely guy in a camouflage shirt told you the water tastes better. And just maybe, just maybe you'll come home. Just maybe you'll realize that the Father's arms have always been open. Just maybe you'll realize you're not the one who outsend his ability to love. Just maybe 